Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Come on. You can take your seats. Woo, who's ready for the word? It's always good when the front row is ready for the word and then the middle row, you go, forries. Awesome. And uh, I can't just go anywhere without mentioning that I have one of my dearest and most beautiful besties here today, Jess. We, were, we started in year 10 together and then, you know, 20-something years on, here we are and her awesome partner, Damo. So thanks, guys, for being here. Love you lots. And we're going to be neighbours because they bought a house in Koran. Just saying. That's exciting. You know you've got a, 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 just a best mate when your kids are just full on and they don't have children yet. Notice that little word at the end yet and uh you know your house is just not exactly in order and uh you go out for the day at work and you come home and your mates even cleaned your microwave the house was just spotless and you know Luke and I walked into the house like this like we don't want to touch anything we don't want to do anything uh they've just been such a blessing and I'm so thrilled guys for this new season for you both I'm just so excited and I'm going to be part of it so yay Benny can I just say Benny is awesome For those of you who don't know Benny, he's the quiet achiever in this house because he just buzzes around very quietly and does all the most fine details of technology that most of us would just go over. And I just love you because you're just such a can-do man and just even at the 11th hour, you're just so gracious and loving and you gave me a cuddle instead of punching me this morning though. And uh, Benny, I just really want to honour you for everything you do in this house. You are so awesome and we love you and we see your awesome other half up here shining like a star, but we know that you're just, just as important and just as awesome. So love you lots. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Just bless it today. Amen. U.S. Coast Guards. I don't know if you know much about the U.S. Navy Coast Guards, but they are some of the most incredibly amazing people, and they go where most would not dare. I mean, who in their right mind would throw themselves into 20-foot seas just for the the saving of another life? Who on earth would go out into these storm-stricken seas to see somebody else potentially rescued from that situation? They attempt what most wouldn't ever dream of doing, all in aid of saving just one more life. They are part of a greater force. But it comes at a huge price, an incredibly disciplined life, an incredibly, a life that is sold out to training, that's committed, that is passionate, and that is focused, and teamwork, and they're so passionate for what they do, completely sold out for their job. Why? Because their motto is saving one more. What person in their right mind would do this, would throw themselves into these situations, these circumstances, these storms, massive storm-hit seas to risk their life for somebody else? Only those who understand and are passionate about being part of a greater force. Let's take a look at the screen. Out of the 39,000 men and women who make up the United States Coast Guard, there are only 280 rescue swimmers. This is because we are the Coast Guard's elite. We are the best of the best. When storms shut down entire ports, we go out 
When hurricanes ground the United States Navy, we go out. And when the Holy Lord himself reaches down from heaven and destroys his good work with winds that rip houses off the ground, we go out. And the attrition rate at this school is well over 50%. So if by some miracle you actually have what it takes to become one of us, then you get to live a life of meager pay with the distinct possibility of dying slow, cold, and alone somewhere in the vast sea. However, you also get the chance to save lives. And there is no greater calling in the world than that. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome to A School. Are there any questions? Awesome. Being part of a greater force, if you're taking notes this morning. Church, we've got to understand something, that we're part of a greater force. First and foremost, we are part of a greater force. You know, once saved, we now have the incredible opportunity to be a lifesaver for somebody else. To save lives, and there's no greater calling. I don't know if you haven't, if you haven't seen the movie The Guardian, you need to go and get it out. Not that you can just go and hire a movie now. Do you know how hard that is? There's like one DVD shop on the coast. I was like, what's with that? And then you go to the, the young, savvy technology people like Emily Dodwell, and she's like, no, I'll download it for you, and I'll do this, and it's done like that. I was like, love you, Em. We are part of a greater force. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me this morning to Ephesians 1, verse 19 to 23. might read from this version this morning. It might be different to the screen, but that's cool. Ephesians 1:19. And it says, "I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe in him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ up from the dead and seated him at the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms." Now he is far above any ruler or authority. Let me say that again. He is far above, far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else in this world or to the world to come. And God has put all things under the authority of Christ and he gave them this authority for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body, it is filled by Christ, who fills everything everywhere with his presence. And the Bible tells us that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And yet, unfortunately, we fail to forget that statement sometimes when we go about our everyday life. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And if I'm correct, I'm reading that, and God has put all things under the authority of Christ, and he has given him this authority for the benefit of the church. So who are the church? You and me. It's not a building, it's the people, and we have authority, and the church is his body, and it's filled by Christ, who fills everything everywhere with his presence. Come on, we've got incredible power in the house today. That's right. 
But we see these, these incredible guys that go out, and I, and I said that they've committed to an incredible life of discipline and training, and we are part of a greater force. And I want to share with you this morning just some keys around you and I being part of that greater force and things that we need to implement in our life to be part of that greater force. So a few, a few keys here this morning. Number one, we need to commit to training. Everybody say amen, because I'm getting this. We need to commit to training. Let's take a look at clip number two. Thanks, Ben. Very well, let's try it. Lead and rest. Pop goal. Bring him back. Let's go, get back in! Get back in! Senior Chief on deck! We need to commit to training. Now everybody up off their seat. No, 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 I'm only kidding. <laughs> I was gonna make you do a plank. <laughs> I'm really not that harsh, really. <laughs> 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared. Now, if I can challenge you with anything this morning, if you are a believer in this place, always be prepared. For what? To give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is the word this morning. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason that the hope you have. Do you know salvation and, and sharing the gospel and, and, and just stepping out of that comfort zone is very simple. It's just sharing your hope with somebody else. And we read Jesus' last words to us before he ascends into heaven and he, and he sits at the right hand of the Father. And he says, go into all the world. Make disciples. Share the good news. And we know that these last words of Jesus were probably pretty passionate words that he spoke to his disciples. I don't think he just sat around and said, oh, now just go. Just go and make disciples. Have fun. Pretty sure he was passionate about his last few words before he had up to heaven. Now, I'm a parent, and my daughters know when I ask them to do something or I command them to do something. We as children know the difference between just being asked and being commanded to do something. You will go and clean your room. And I believe these words were a command for us. They weren't just something he left us with to think about and thought, oh, that was nice few last words from Jesus there. He would have been passionate about them and he would have tried to compel them. Now go, 
You've been, you've been given this message of hope. Now take it out and share it with other people. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 25. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. And now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it for an everlasting crown. Something that won't perish. But without training... We are weak and we are ill-prepared and ill-equipped to take on what the Scripture tells us the devil is, a, a, a prowling, roaring lion looking for his next victim to devour. And so training's quite an important element for us to be a part of a greater force. Individually, your training makes a difference in this house. Your prayer time makes a difference in this house. Your word, reading of the word, makes a difference in this house when we gather together. It's training. But how many of you know training just doesn't happen? It doesn't just fall upon us. Sometimes I wish it did. The spirit of training just falls upon me. I just want to get up and go for a run. How many of you know sleeping in is a far more appealing aspect of a morning than getting up and going for a run? But without training, we won't last the distance. And Paul had a revelation of this. And he says, he, he, he sets out on this race and he wants to obtain the crown. And, but he's looking in his life and he realizes that he is just a human being. And without training and without committing himself to Christ and spending that time with God, he's not going to last the distance. Training doesn't just happen. We need commitment. We need discipline and focus on that end goal. Church, I want to wake us up this morning without a goal. Hear me this morning. Without a goal, discipline is nothing but self-punishment. You need to write that down this morning. Without a goal, discipline is nothing but self-punishment. You will end up going, why am I even doing this if you don't have a goal set out before you? And scripture tells us to, to get a vision and write it down. Why? So you can go back to it and refer to it and understand why you started out on that journey. Why are you part of this church? Don't allow church to become a monotonous routine in your life. Get a goal for the reason that you're here today and then commit to that goal by your training and your commitment and your discipline in the house because we're going to see Noosa One for Christ. We're going to see people that are lost and, and down and out out there come to the hope that we all have in this place. Without a goal, discipline is nothing but self-punishment. An athlete only achieves what they put into their training. Same too with Christians. It's our church. This is our church. This is our church. What are you putting into our church? What training, what discipline, what commitment are you putting into our church? Let's never allow our church to be busy and focusing on the things that don't count. What's the most important thing we want to see as a body when we gather in this place is to others to make a decision and meet Jesus. Happened for me when I was 18 years of age. It became very, very real to me. I'd grown up in a church life, and Mum had bring, brought me to church. Rose, sorry, um, brought us all to church. Brought us up in church. There we go. And and so I understood it, but 
understanding the word and actually knowing him are far different. And when I was 18, I've got, I, I remember it so vividly, sitting in a church service very similar to this and hearing a message and sitting there thinking, what, I feel like this guy's talking to me. There was like 400 people in the building and I just literally felt like this preacher guy was picking on me. And I was like about five rows down and I wouldn't make eye contact with him. I was looking down like this going, hurry up and finish. I want to get out of here. And at the end, just made an appeal. Look, this was my journey. If you, if you want to step out in faith and meet Christ for yourself, stand up. And I did. I'll never forget it. And never, never look back. Never look back. Let's just create a culture in this house where a new person that walks through the door is the most important person. That's the goal. That's one of your goals of being here on a Sunday. It's not about you. It's about that new person that walks through the door. And we're all committed and we're all believing for it. Amen? Awesome. So we need to commit to training. Number two, we need teamwork. Amen. Let's have a look at this next clip. Thanks, Benny. This will serve in place of your PTN test. This is a go, no-go exercise. You will tread water for one hour. You touch the wall, you fail. You touch the bottom, you fail. You fail and you go home. Senior, this school operates on a two-challenge rule. You can't throw them out on their first day. If you cannot survive in a warm pool of water, then you have no business being here. Does this class understand? Yes, Chief! Hoorah, class 5506. Now, who here can tell me the rescue swimmer's motto? Oh, feel safer already. You willing to sacrifice your life so others may live, goldfish? Yes, I am, Chief. You will have to earn that right. I want all of you to think about that. There's going to come a time when you reach the point of exhaustion and you want to give up. The question is, will you? Dismissed. I cramped up. You're gone. Oh. Oh. 
Lesson in physics, people. Muscle does not float. Petty Officer Watson, pull him out of the pool. Aye, aye, Senior Chief. Let's go, people, out of the water. Hurry up. Let's move, people. Hurry up. Let's go. Hurry up. Last leader, right here. I thought you said you were willing to sacrifice your life for another. Yes, Senior Chief. And why didn't you save your teammate when he reached out for you? I wasn't aware we were working as a team, Senior Chief. That's the only way we work, Swim Champ. Ooh, who has goosebumps? That's the only way we roll. As a team, we were never created to do life alone. Never. In fact, the reason, first and foremost, we were created is to have relationship with God. That's what he desired. He created us in his image, in his likeness, to have relationship with him. He created others to do life together, to walk alongside. We know that the, the scripture tells us that iron sharpens iron, so a friend will sharpen a friend. And that's just coming alongside other people and allowing people into our world and getting into other people's world as well. We were never created to do life on our own. And we can't do life on our own. It's the only way this church works as a team. Team, together, everyone achieves more. Everybody's heard the acronym. We stay together, we work together, and together we can. Amen? Sounded like an American. <laughs> unity, unity, hear me this morning, is so, so, so important. You know, Paul addresses the church at Corinth and he wanted them to unite, to come together. But he did not expect them to agree on every area. Hear me. And God's created us with different personalities and different character traits and we are not always going to agree together. But the point that Paul was trying to get across to the church was when we come together, let's unite together for one cause and one purpose. Despite our differences, which are all healthy and okay to have, when we come together, just lay them aside for the reason that God's got us all gathered here together for. Unity. And Paul was trying to get that across. He said, put, us, put aside selfish desire of importance and trying to push for prominence and stature in order for joint service with God. We read in Matthew 12, 25, that every city or house that's divided against itself shall not stand, will not stand. Psalm 133, verse 1 to 3, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Come on. It goes on in verse 3 to say that right there is where God commands the blessing. When a church is united despite our differences and our thought processes of how that should happen and how this should run and what should happen here, when we all gather, we are here for a purpose and a cause and one reason, and that's to see the lost saved. Come on, church. One team, one cause. Reach the lost. The greatest supernatural act we will ever see is that of salvation. 
Can I remind us all of that this morning? That is the greatest, most amazing, supernatural act, miracle that you will see here on this planet before you go to be in heaven is that of salvation of someone who was dead in sin and weight and guilt and shame be washed clean in an instant because they believed. That's it. Wow. That every bondage, every weight, every sin would just be washed aside like that because they believed. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Very simple. Salvation is the simplest, yes, most powerful miracle we will ever see. Romans 12 verse 4 says, tell, tells us that the body has many parts. And each with its own responsibility. I don't think I gave that one to you, but that's cool. And we, and we read through the scripture that every part of this body is needed. It's important. Every part is vital in the body operating as a whole. And if you even lost a little finger or a little toe, your body would know about it. And they're the most minute parts of our body, but yet we would still know when it would be missing. Amen? And as a church, I just want you to understand the value and the importance that you play in coming on a Sunday. It is so vital. Despite all of this going up here and that going up there and those guys over there, you entering that door is just as important. We all gathered here today for an awesome, ordained reason. I really believe it. Being a part of a greater force requires teamwork. We can't do it alone. We need each other. We can't build this church on our own. We know God builds his church. But the Bible says that we're his ambassadors. We're his ambassadors. We're the workforce, people. And that's good. So we need training. We need to commit to training. We need teamwork. Number three, tenacity. Let's have a look at clip number three. First stage is hypothermia and most critical. Why? Because you still have the ability to think. Say it. You still have the ability to think. The decisions you make during this stage are going to determine whether you live or die. There's a reason you're not breathing goldfish. There's a reason why you're not breathing. I don't know anyone who can stay alive without breathing for 15 minutes, energy. Are you a coroner? Because pronouncing people dead is not part of our job description. What do we always say? We never stop, Jake. Not from the cabin to the tarmac. We never stop. All right, CVG. Understood? Yes, CVG. Okay, Jake, in the hole. Hodge, you're up. Awesome. Now, there's a pool outside full of ice. <laughs> and as you leave today, your tenacity will be tested. Let me tell you the definition of tenacity. Tenacity means to stick with something even when the going gets tough. Even when the going gets tough. How many of you know? Life gets tough. And our tenacity is going to be tested. Will we stick at, at, at the word and the faith that we know we have within us or will we walk away? Tenacity, never give up, never surrender. 
I will never forget the day we decided to teach our daughters to ride their bikes with no training wheels. She would have been... <laughs> oh, man, she was excited by the end of the day. Let me tell you, it was a process, people. We started out at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning. Praise the Lord, nobody responded and called um, family services or anything like that. We got through the day. But my four-year-old, her tenacity. Do you know, Macy got on that bike and she was that determined. She was, by the end of the day, in tears, howling. She was black and blue with bruises and she just would get on, right, fall off. Get up <laughs> and fall off. And just, she was hysterical. But she was not going to give up. And she was going to get on that bike and she was going to ride that bike without training wheels. And by the end of the day, they were both cruising around. And because Macy got it first, Leela thought, I'm not going to let her beat me. So she had to suck it up and get back on that bike. And with tears and tenacity, she got it as well. And by four o'clock, we sat on the chairs and went, praise the Lord. That is over. But tenacity, you know, sometimes we're going to get knocked down. And in life, bruises are going to come our way. Ailments are going to come our way. Challenges are going to come our way. Storms are going to hit us from the left and the right and the east and the west. We're going to get tossed around. Amen? We are. But tenacity is something that in those moments we've got to allow to let it rise up. We're here for a reason. We're here for a purpose. God has a plan for our life. It says that he's got a plan to prosper us, for life abundant. And we've got to remind ourselves that there's a lot of people out there that are in pain, that need a friend, that need a meal from a neighbor, that need a prayer from somebody who has faith. There's a lot of challenge out there that people face, and they don't have faith. So they might look to different things to try and fill that. But as, as people with faith, let's fill that spot. Let's come alongside these people and love them. He says in that clip, I didn't know pronouncing people dead is our responsibility. It's not. Who are we to ever say that person will never get saved? That person will never see their miracle. I'm tired of praying for that person. I've never seen that happen. I've been praying for that thing for 20 years. I'm over praying for that thing. Let your tenacity rise up again. God has given it a spirit of fear, but of peace, love, and a sound mind. We've got to remind ourselves of the lost feeling ourselves. Go back to that moment before you had faith. What did your life look like and how were you feeling? I can remember where I was at. I had no idea what I was doing in life. No, no, no direction, nothing. I tried this, I tried that, and I was just a bit lost. Let's remind ourselves of that lost feeling. That feeling of having no purpose. Pronouncing people dead is not our job description. And how many people may we have pronounced dead just through action or through thought or through a negative word? Let's turn that around again. No hoper? Yes, there's hope. They'll never believe? Yes, they will. They'll never get saved? Yeah, they will. They'll never break that addiction? Yep, they're going to. You know, Lazarus in John 11 was pronounced dead by Martha. And I love this story. And as we read through the count, we see that Martha says, Lord, Martha says to Jesus in verse 21, if you had been there, my brother wouldn't have died. 
She's having this moment. <laughs> now I've had that moment. <laughs> Where are you, God? I don't even know if I believe anymore. <laughs> and then you're like, yeah. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus, I love what Jesus says to her. I'm the resurrection and the life. Just calm down. <laughs> I'm actually the resurrection and the life. Chill, Martha. <laughs> I love it. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And we see the miracle that he just walks in after three days of Lazarus being stinketh in the tomb, dead three days, come on. He just says, wake up. He's not dead, he's just asleep. Wake up. Credible. Don't allow negative thought to ever enter your mind when it comes to your faith journey. If it's for somebody else or for something you're believing for personally. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. All things. That encompasses everything. All things. Amen. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 6. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. What a privilege. Come on, this is a privilege. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. The old written covenant ends in death. We know that. Going out Bible bashing people, that just ends in death. Or a punch in the face, either way. It's not pleasant. <laughs> but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. If we're not life in somebody else's world, we're doing something wrong. It ought to be life-giving every time we, ha we, we, we pray and, and we read the Word and we hang out with other people. Life-giving. Because that's what the Spirit does. That's why Jesus gave His life. We've got to stir up the tenacity within ourselves. I will not give up praying for that loved one. I will not give up on my neighbor. I will not give up on my friend. I will not give up on that breakthrough I'm believing for in my own life. I will not. Don't give up on prayer. Don't give up on the miracles God's promised. And number four, we've got to have passion. As I close, let's have a look at this last clip. Thanks, Ben. Could have happened, any. Maybe. But what if it happens again? What then? He got a couple stitches. He's gonna be fine. You got him out of there. No, you did. You were strong out there today. I was proud of you. What are you gonna do? A friend of mine once suggested fishing. I think it might take his advice. Fish. Yeah. Well, guys like us don't go fishing. <laughs> Where have I heard that before? Senior. Before you go, I gotta know one thing. What's your real number? 
22. 22? It's not bad. It's not 200. It's not 22 bad. is the number of people I lost, Jake. Only number I kept track of. propel you in life. Let it be the thing that drives you. Titus 2.14 says, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a particular people, a peculiar people, sorry, zealous. That word zealous is passionate, passionate of good works, zealous. Let's be people that are zealous. Get passionate for the lost Get passionate. If my neighbor's house was burning down, I wouldn't roll back over in bed and go back to sleep. I'd be up and out there going, it's burning, get out. And I think we need to remember that eternity is a very real place. And we gotta just be the hope in somebody else's world, church. Be the faith in somebody else's world. Let's get passionate. Why would we not get passionate for the one thing that we can only do here before we go to heaven? While we're still on earth, it's the one thing. And Jesus said in those last words, they were a command, go. Go into all the world. Go into your neighborhood and your workplace and your areas of influence and be the hope. Be the hope. Live it. Matthew 9 and verse 35, as we close this morning, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest, therefore, to send out workers in his harvest field. You know what Jesus' greatest passion was? It was the lost. It was the lost, people. We know that heaven throws a party when one lost comes back to repentance, the Bible tells us. But it breaks God's heart that he created us for relationship with him and it breaks his heart when just one would turn their back. We were created to have relationship with him first and foremost. Let that be the passion that drives you. Let that be first and foremost the passion that drives you to train, to commit through teamwork, to fire up that tenacity within you, to live a life of passion for others. Luke 15 verse 3, and then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses just one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and he go after that lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbours and together says, rejoice with me, I found my lost sheep. And I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not repent. What an awesome parable. We're part of a greater force church this morning. 
And we've got a great responsibility as ambassadors of Christ to take this message of hope outside of these walls, to get involved in Christmas initiatives, to be the hope and the blessing and the faith in somebody else's world when they might just need an arm to lean on or a friend to pray with or someone just to love on. Commit to training. We're a team. Commit to this team. Let that tenacity, don't give up. Keep pushing through. Keep believing. Keep praying. Still have that attitude of, I won't give up. And let's be driven by passion this morning. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet as we pray? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Jesus, I just, while every eye is closed, if you're in this place today and you just want to say that prayer, maybe afresh or maybe for the first time, that God, I don't know you, but I wouldn't mind. If you're real, I want to get to know you. Because I prayed that prayer a long time ago when I was 18, and my world has never been the same. We've been through incredible storms as a married couple, as a family, me individually. And I can tell you, if I didn't have the faith that I have now, I would have given up. But it was for Christ coming into my life and revealing himself to me that I've pushed through these times and I am who I am and I stand here today and can honestly say toward you that he's real and he loves you today. And he's got a plan and a purpose for your life. And it's a life of abundance and prosperity and excitement and blessing. So while every eye is closed, if you just want to say that prayer with me today, I'm just going to ask you to slip your hand up and say, yep, I'm going to pray that prayer. Maybe for the first time, or you know you're just not where you're at with God and you just want to say, Lord, I'm just going to put you first in my life again today. So while every eye is closed, I'm going to pray that prayer with you now. We're all going to pray it. Awesome. Why don't you put your hand on your, on your heart for, with me today? God, we thank you that you love us, that you have a plan for our life. We commit our lives to you today. And Lord, I pray afresh today for fresh passion over every, every home represented here, every life represented here. God, that we would leave these doors today with just a new desire for the lost, a new passion for the lost that we would not give up. And Lord, we thank you for your word today. Bless it and add to it, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, give God a hand this morning. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.